After struggling for a third week in a row to start this season, there were some frustrated fans on Saturday calling for the benching of Michael Penix. The the rumblings have grown loud enough that I feel like we probably need to dedicate a whole episode to it at this point, and I will tell you guys why he should not, and I don't think will be benched anytime soon this season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, September 21st on Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletic News. I appreciate you guys making us part of your day. I am your host, as always, Jacob Rude, uh, bringing you all that news and bringing you the discussion today on Michael Penix. As I said, it is a discussion that there were kind of rumblings of it on after or during that Iowa game. I thought it was really silly then, even as bad as he looked. Uh, they grew louder and louder on the game Saturday. And honestly, I think uh, it's a very silly suggestion. But uh, we will dive into that shortly. Before we do that, the Hoosiers are one week away from the start of Big Ten play. There's no better place to stay up to date with all the news on the Big Ten than with the Locked On Big Ten podcast hosted by Nate Dickinson. Uh, We've appeared on there a couple times, and he's a great host, keeps you guys up to date. So be sure to check them out wherever you guys get your podcasts. As while you're there as well, uh, head on over and give us a, a subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a rating and review and let us know um, how we're doing so far. I want this to be a discussion. I check in on the rating or the reviews, I should say. So if any of you have questions, you can submit them over there. We can turn that into a mailbag segment possibly, but um, I'm always checking those. So if you guys have any suggestions as well, be sure to leave them over there. Uh, we, we're honestly going to jump into it today because I think this could get a little lengthy, uh, this discussion, because pretty adamant on this one. I'm not adamant on a lot of things. I'm pretty open-minded, but this one I, I'm, I'm not too, uh, too open-minded on. Michael Penix cannot and will not be benched this season for a variety of factors. Uh, it's a move you can't come back from. And honestly, I feel like it's a pretty simplistic idea for a solution to a very complex problem with this Hoosier offense right now. Uh, As I said, the calls for it kind of grew a little bit on Saturday. I honestly couldn't believe it's a discussion we were still having. I thought he looked decent on Saturday, and we'll talk about that more than decent, actually. It's uh, for frustrated fans, it's simple to say bench the quarterback that's struggling. It's not going to solve the problems. And honestly, this was always going to be a process with Penix getting back to full health. It was probably something, it was certainly something I didn't factor in enough when kind of projecting this season. Um, Although I don't know that anybody expected it to take this long to get back to full strength. So um, there's a lot of reasons why you can't do this. But if we're going to kind of discuss this, I think we should take a look at Saturday's game first, kind of look at the pros and the cons. Uh, I mean, even before we do that, on Monday, Tom Allen came out and said he's not going to be benched. So that kind of <laughs> right away puts an end to this debate, but it's still a debate I think worth having because 
Uh, he has struggled, and I think it isn't entirely his fault. I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. Uh, he also noted, we talked yesterday, Penix was not hurt. He will be ready for Western Kentucky. It was his non-throwing arm that he had x-rays on. Uh, nobody really knows what happened. Everybody saw him holding his throwing arm at one point in the third quarter, but that certainly didn't uh, hold him back. I think he had a long completion right away after that. Uh, not really sure what happened there, but uh, he's healthy, so it doesn't really matter. Tom Allen said he'd be ready for Western Kentucky on Saturday. But looking at Saturday's game, I mean, I'll start with the, with the cons and the negatives first because they were perhaps most glaring. I mean, the interceptions largely were bad. Uh, I thought the first interception in the red zone, there's a pretty decent chance his arm got hit. You can't really tell from the few angles shown on ESPN. It looks like there was one angle kind of from the center of the back of the end zone where it looked like his arm got hit as he was throwing. That was like <laughs> the throw wasn't even close, if we're being honest. And uh, that's typically a throw Penix makes. Now, they also mention on the sideline that he didn't look at – I think it was Peyton Hendershot. He didn't look at him until uh, until he threw the ball, basically, which is odd. But I, I – kind of chalk that up to like if you know your route if you know where the guys are going to be you know that guy should be open and if he threw that to the outside then Hendershot was open it had been a tough throw and tough catch but coverage was also really good on that I don't want to explain away every one of his um, interceptions the second one is just one you need to eat take the sack that's literally what I said in the moment just take the sack on that that was him kind of forcing things a little bit. The last one, again, context kind of matters. Um, Hoosiers only had one timeout. It was third down. He was rolling to the sideline. He couldn't take a sack there. Maybe you can try to tell him to throw it out of bounds. I didn't really get a look to see what the routes were and whether that was even a viable option. Um, I You still don't throw across your body, period. So even if you're able to explain that away somewhat, like it's just not a throw you can make across your body like that. And so those are things you can't have that as a third year quarterback. And I certainly don't want to, uh, this podcast to seem as though I think Penix has been air free. He certainly has had a lot of errors and certainly struggled. Those are bad mistakes. He's made through three games uh, that some of it has just been, odd things happening that and the first pick six against uh, Iowa entirely out of his control. Like the throw was on the money on target and DJ Matthews just slips and it pops in the air perfectly. Um, but the other two were certainly his fault or preventable at the very least. So I think the nature of that Idaho game, you would have hoped that he would have been able to find a better rhythm and maybe he looks a little different on Saturday against Cincinnati, but the nature of that game with how well the special teams played, like it was almost a catch-22 because your special teams was incredible, and but it meant that Penix couldn't get out there and get in any sort of rhythm, get more comfortable, shake off the rustiness. Because like I said, this is a process. Uh, and I think he's had to force the issue as a result. Uh, and maybe that explains some of these really 
poor decisions, not taking the sack and trying to force the ball downfield. Um, we've talked as well. I don't think the offensive line has helped him out a ton there. Uh, he seems a little nervous, although he seems to be getting a little more comfortable. Uh, but it's almost like he's trying to force himself into rhythm by make, trying to make throws downfield to basically compensate for the rustiness. Um, but it's uncharacteristic. It's things he didn't do last season. Like he didn't throw across his body in a situation where you need to score. Like he, we saw it against Penn State in the first game last season. That's not what he did then. Like it, it, it's just odd things that are happening that it's hard to explain. To me, again, I think it's him trying to force the issue because he know he knows he's not playing well, and it's almost like he's trying to make some throws that he can't typically make in hopes of maybe that one being the one that unlocks things. As many negatives as there were, there were pros as well. Uh, I will, we'll talk about those here in a minute, and then we're going to jump into just an overall my argument for why you can't bench him. Before we jump into all that, though, need to talk about prize picks. As I said on Monday's uh, episode, we nailed it with our two selections uh, for Saturday's game, and I looked today. The new props weren't up for next Saturday. We'll take a look. Um, I have some ideas for what I am going to kind of be looking for uh, and see how those things go. Western Kentucky's a really good passing offense. I haven't dove too deep into them, but Hoosiers aren't favored by a lot. So gives you an idea. It's not, It wasn't even double digits on Sunday. I don't know if some of that accounted for Penix's uh, up-in-the-air status, but um, – it was interesting to see. I'm going to be honest. I bet on the Hoosiers minus eight and a half on Sunday when I saw that line because I took the risk that Penix was going to be healthy uh, and went from there. But with prize picks, you guys, we've talked about them. There, nobody offers the prop bets that they do. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, you can pick two to five players, pick their overs and unders, pair them all together. Uh, you can try to bet on all of them and win up to 10 times your bet. You can uh, select the flex option, which lets you cash out uh, at a lower multiplier. But if you hit two, three, four of them, you'll get hits as well. Uh, Prize Picks also allows mixed sport uh, entries. So use our award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds. They're safe, have fast with withdrawals. Don't hesitate, guys. Go on over there today. Uh, and join Prize Picks, where daily fantasy sports is made easy. Also, want to talk about RockAuto.com. Whether you have a Ford or a Fiat, these guys have you covered. Uh, if you're like me, you don't really want to get out during this pandemic, especially as this Delta variant has things uh, ramping up again. So, avoid those trips to the auto parts store, where they're probably just going to order a part online from their warehouse anyway. Uh, just head to rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. They save you time. They save you money. Uh, reliably low prices for every customer. So go to rockauto.com today. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. 
I gave you the negatives. I spent the first segment a little bit longer talking about the negatives because I want to try to be fair in this debate. As I said, I'm pretty one-sided in how I feel about it, but I want to try to present some of the arguments. And to be honest, the highs were really high on Saturday, but the lows were really low. And we talked about it yesterday. The reason the Hoosiers weren't uh, up by more than 14 points when McFadden was ejected and the game turned is because that offense shot itself in the foot and Penix was part of that. Now, that being said, I still came away wholly overall. I was impressed with what he did on Saturday. He looked by far the most comfortable he has all season. There's been noticeable progression every game, even as bad. I mean, the bar was pretty low after that Iowa game. Even as odd as that Idaho game was uh, to the Cincinnati game, he has by far gotten better with each passing game. I thought he made a couple throws that were 2020-esque, basically. Uh, He had one series or one drive where he made a uh, great kind of touch throw to DJ Matthews down the right sideline, dropped it in a basket for him. And then I want to say the very next play, He made a throw under pressure across the middle. I believe it was to Matthews again. Threw it at a spot where only Matthews could get it. He was covered pretty well on that. Um, Those throws looked like 2020 Michael Penix. We talked about the interception somewhat not being his fault. Again, I don't want this to be like a, well, actually, he wasn't that bad type of thing. Even if his arm was hit on that red zone play, um, just eat it try to gain a couple yards with by running the ball. You probably shouldn't be throwing passes in general at guys you're not even looking at. And the same with that late game situation. Even if the Hoosiers only had one timeout, even if he was rolling to the sideline, even if it was third and long, the last thing you can do is throw an interception. So both of those were weren't entirely his fault, but they're throws you can't make. Like you can't throw interceptions in either one of those scenarios. Um, it's it was it was tough, but uh, they weren't entirely his fault. And looking at everything in a vacuum isn't it isn't fair, basically. So, um, I at the end of the day, you just simply can't bench him. And Zach Osterman with the Indy Star kind of beat me to the punch on this. Uh, he wrote a really good article today making a lot of the points I, w- I was going to make and I will make. I'm trying not to repeat him too much, um, but I, there's a couple points for why I think you can't bench him. Number one, I think it's fair to look at the defenses he's faced so far because he's looked bad, but he's also faced through three weeks what are two top ten defenses. Uh, Nick Sheridan said today the nature of the defenses we've gone up against is to not make you get comfortable, which is the case with both teams. We use SP Plus a lot. It's going to be kind of the base uh, standings and metric I use. Based on that, Iowa is currently the number two offense in the, or excuse me, number two defense in the nation. Uh, Georgia's number one, and Cincinnati is currently the number 10 defense in the nation. He looked better against Cincinnati than Iowa. There was a lot of factors around that, but uh, that's two top 10 defenses in the first three weeks. It's not going to get easier because Penn State is currently at number six and Ohio State is currently much further down at 37. So he'll get a break there. But Michigan's number eight. 
Wisconsin. They don't play this season. Uh, he's not going to get any breaks in that regard, but uh, hopefully by then he'll have some of the rust shaken off. Um, but these are two really tough defenses he's played. And for a guy that's trying to come back from uh, a torn ACL, that's it's not the easiest uh, way to start a season. I think probably, though, the biggest reason you cannot bench him is the locker room dynamics and what will happen if you bench him. As I said, it's not a move you can come back from. You can't bench Penix, watch Jack Tuttle su- struggle for a week or two, and then go back and say, all right, you can play now. It's not going to work. Like you'll, it's, it's not a move that you can make. You're going to... I don't want to say betray the confidence you had in Penix, but he's 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 not going to be thrilled with that idea. Penix is a really popular player, a really respected player in that locker room. He's been a, a vocal leader. He's somebody the team stood behind uh, through the last season, through multiple injuries. Uh, he's not somebody you can bench and then just bring back. Like he Going back and forth like that is not going to work. And I think that's the thing that people don't, take into account the most when discussing this when you're angry on Twitter on Saturday and you're saying he can't make that throw. You need to bench him as a punishment. That's not how it works. Like this isn't peewee football. This isn't high school football. You can't just bench a quarterback and just to prove a point because you're upset. Like it's a silly suggestion if I'm being honest and no matter how frustrated you get, the benching him doesn't fix the issues, which is the other thing. Like this offensive line is still struggling mightily. If we have time, we're going to look at the pro football focus grades at the end of this podcast. Shocker, the offensive line didn't grade out very well again either. They were a little bit better, but I think anybody watching the game could tell you that they still struggled. The wide receivers, there's going to need to be some conversations about them as well that we might have this week. DJ Matthews, checked off. He's He's been terrific. Two of the three games, Hendershot's been good. Uh, the rest of the, the wide receiving core has been, like Ty Freifogel needs to, there's some serious questions that need to be asked. Miles Marshall has been largely invisible. Cameron Buckley hasn't done much uh, statistically. So this wide receiving core, especially on Saturday with the amount of drop passes they had, have not helps Penix in the least bit. When you have a quarterback coming back from a big injury, you need a wide receiving core that can sometimes bail him out, reel in some tough throws. And that was the case. That was a strength of theirs in the past, which makes Ty Freifogel struggles so odd, so unexpected. But we're going to talk about Freifogel later this week, I believe. Um, I also think some of the play calling hasn't been great. It's been a really kind of boom or bust type of play calling with Nick Sheridan. Um, some series, uh, especially the start of the game Saturday, I didn't think was great, and it showed. They went uh, at least the first two drives were three and outs. Um, and, yeah, the first two drives were three and outs. They scored on the third drive. Looking at my game notes now, um, it's it's been interesting. It's been at times a little too predictable. Andy Bottoms, who uh, co-hosts the Assembly Call podcast, took a look back and kind of diagrammed the plays on first down on Saturday. So in 21 of the 31 first down plays, IU ran the ball. 
I know this team really wants to establish the run. They get pretty predictable at times. Uh, 2.7 yards per carry on that. Um, if you don't count that reverse by DJ Matthews, it drops to 2.2. I'm not in the business of saying if you don't count this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but the other point is that on the other 10 plays, Penix was 6 of 9 passing for 80 yards and a touchdown plus a sack. It's things like that where if you're going to be a predictable offense at times, um, it's not going to help Penix. If you're going to stand in the pocket and tell him to sling the ball downfield, um, especially with this offensive line struggling as much as it, as it is, he's going to feel that pressure. Moving him out of the pocket, I thought they did a good job of on Saturday, and you saw he had two two or his two touchdowns to Hendershot and Carr for him moving out of the pocket, manipulating the defense a bit on that car touchdown and scoring. So I think that's the best way to use him uh, when you look at trying to get a little more creative in the play calling. We have a couple more things, a couple more points I want to talk about. I don't know that we're going to get to the pro football focus grades today. We'll save them for another day, but there's still a couple more points I want to talk about with this team. We need to talk about betonline.ag first. I mentioned earlier uh, that I was already looking at the lines for Sunday. Can't, to me, that's the best time to look at them is right when they come out because a lot of times it, it seems that they're a little off or it might be a little bit of an eye-opener. They were It was a three-and-a-half line against Cincinnati. Uh, the Bearcats favored we talked about, and I ultimately took Cincinnati. This week, I'm taking the Hoosiers. We'll talk about why on a later episode this week. But uh, I was surprised. Like I said, it was eight and a half um, when I looked at it to start with. It's up to nine. It was at nine and a half briefly. I think that might continue to go up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pretty strong game from IU this week. But I found out all that information on Bet Online, which is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. Head to the website, use the mobile app, sign up today with your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Promo code locked on. Whether it's football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, uh, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. As I said, or as we were discussing, one of the other points I still think with this team is that the ceiling is not is at is the ceiling's at its highest when Penix is uh, in the backfield at quarterback. Jack Tuttle is a good quarterback would be a starter on a lot of Division One teams. We saw him come in last season in a really tough spot, lead IU to a win against Wisconsin. I don't know about the play calling in that uh, bowl game against Ole Miss, especially with his injury, but alas, I'm not, I'm not reopening that wound. But he was really good in his limited action last season. Um, to me, the way I kind of look at it is Jack Tuttle is a floor raiser. Michael Penix is a ceiling raiser. That means the seat or the floor is low, lower with Penix, as we've seen. When it's bad, it's really bad. But we also saw last year that he went ultimately toe to toe with Ohio State and nearly pulled off a wild upset because he was on the field. With all due respect to Jack Tuttle, 
I don't think he was thrown for 500 yards and I believe it was five touchdowns that day. Uh, Penix is able to do that. Now that version of Penix is far away from the one we've seen. If you bench him as well, you're pretty much ruining any chance of him progressing back to that version because he's not going you, you it's a point Tom Allen's made repeatedly in that you can't replicate in-game action. If you bench him, that's another reason why there's no turning back because you can't replicate that action. The rustiness isn't going to go away and he's never going to get better than where he's at now. And then if Tuttle struggles and you bring him back, he still has to work. Uh, Penix still has to work his way back. Uh, it's not going to work like that. So uh, Tuttle is good. I think Penix has the ability to be elite. Overall, as I said, it's a simplistic solution to a complex problem. I Again, I understand the frustration. It was, a, it was an annoying game, to be honest, on Saturday. Penix throwing three interceptions, one of them in the red zone, one of them to end the game. I understand why fans are upset about it. Benching him is never going to be the answer. That is not going to solve IU's problems. The offensive line is going to struggle no matter who's out there. The wide receivers, maybe the wide receivers get better when Jack Tuttle comes in. Certainly there's a positive regression to the mean coming, but it, it doesn't, I mean, that wouldn't be because Tuttle's out there. That would just be because this receiving core is too talented to be to struggle this much the whole season. Ultimately, as I said at the top, Tom Allen came out, gave his full support of Michael Penix. I don't think he's going anywhere. It would take multiple more weeks of him struggling mightily for me to consider the idea. Uh, and at that point, it would probably be to salvage a bowl game berth. We're a long way from there, probably through the Ohio State game. Listen, as we said, there's a good chance IU starts this season two and three. Those uh, Iowa-Cincinnati-Penn State games are always going to be rough. That Ohio State game was always going to be rough. Things look even a little bit more difficult now. Michigan State looks pretty decent. Still not sold on their win Saturday. I think Miami's overrated. I don't know that they would have ever been ranked in the polls if we didn't have preseason polls. We talked about that during fall camp. Uh, but a couple of these teams look better than maybe they anticipated. Michigan's up there. Maryland's look decent. Uh, Rutgers is 3-0. So it's a maybe even a tougher task than expected, but ultimately it's still way too premature to be calling for Penix's benching. If you expected anything different than um, this through the first three weeks, considering all the context of him coming back from, from injury, facing two top 10 defenses in reality. And as I said, I was wrong to, uh, I had my expectations too high. Uh, ultimately we need to kind of reset things and still two losses to two top. I think will ultimately be two top 10 teams at the end of the season. I, it's not bad, like in the grand scheme of things. So, uh, I still think you need to keep things in context and, uh, remember that this is IU, and as frustrating as it is to lose to a top 10 opponent, they went toe-to-toe with a top 10 opponent for the better part of 60 minutes, uh, in-game minutes, I should say, on Saturday. Pinnock's was a big reason why at times. He's a big reason why they lost. 
it's a, it, as I said, it's a complex situation. Doesn't have an easy answer right now. We still need more sample size before we get there. That'll do it for today. I know that was a lot. I try to be as fair about it as possible, but uh, we did not get to those pro football focus grades. I will save them. Our fearless leader, uh, Ross Jackson, sent those over to me. Uh, again, teaser, the offensive line didn't grade out well. Penix didn't grade out well. A couple expected names are near the top. So we will go over those potentially on Wednesday. Uh, we will take a look. As I said, this week's episodes are going to be – could be a little scattered. Uh, I fly out to Los Angeles on Tuesday. I typically record the shows the night before. We will see what that what I will be like on Tuesday night uh, in L.A. It might not be till later in the day on Wednesday before that episode goes up, but there will be episodes. Be on the lookout for them. More reason to follow the uh, the Locked On Hoosiers Twitter account at lo underscore Hoosiers. More reason to subscribe so that you get the podcast as soon as they are available. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Listen to the Locked On Bets podcast while you are over there, guys, uh, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and Elio.